0: Hey, 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 everybody, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to my five-day moving on workshop that starts on May the 1st, okay, and I am super excited about this workshop. This is where you're actually going to get the blueprint on what you must do to let go, live, and love your life after divorce or even after a breakup in just five days, okay? This workshop is designed for women to get the blueprint that they need to step out of confusion complication and complacency and step into clarity, courage, and confidence to move forward. Okay. And if you know that you are in need of this, then I need for you to head over to movingonworkshop.com and register today. And you may wonder how much this workshop is free, but the value is priceless. So I truly hope to see you there. Head over to movingonworkshop.com. I will also put the link in the show notes as well. I truly cannot wait to work with you on May 1st. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Purposely Thriving Podcast, where we are growing, evolving, and becoming into our highest self in every area of our lives so that we are able to live authentically and whole as we step into a new chapter. I am your host, Tanya Carter, and thank you for joining and tuning in with me this week. On this week's episode, I was encouraged to talk about cracking the code to moving forward. Because if I can be totally honest, when it comes to relationships, specifically when dissolving them, I'm not too sure if we're being taught the importance on being intentional once it's over. You know, like I don't believe that the dissolving of relationships are seen and defined as an adversity or an interruption or a hardship or even a difficulty or even a setback. And I find that to be very problematic. And the reason why I say this is because, and I've actually said this before, divorces and breakups are very equivalent in terms of grief when losing a loved one. Okay. And I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about someone you loved and you lost in terms of them passing away. Okay. Because that's the mental and emotional impact on what the dissolving of a relationship can feel like in terms of grief. However, what I find to be the difference in losing a loved one versus the ending of a relationship is normally the support, the empathy, as well as the understanding. I find that it's very different. And in saying that, I find that this causes people to be left alone to figure it out, therefore suppressing their thoughts and emotions. It also causes people to jump into another relationship for rebound purposes or to even relationally compete with their ex. So like you see your ex in another relationship and you feel like you gotta be in another relationship too because you wanna prove to them that you can find somebody else too or you might be leading from a place of feeling rejected right now so you feel the need to compete with them, okay? It can also cause people to soak themselves in things such as self-blame, self-judgment to even self-criticism. They can also find that they're putting their kids in the middle between both parents where the kids are now feeling forced to choose. And if co-parenting intelligently is the goal, doing things like this can make co-parenting become very complicated. It can also cause people to spend their money frivolously to even always doing this retail therapy or find themselves always on vacation, okay? It can also cause people to make social media become the hub to air out their business about their relationship and they find themselves oversharing everything. It can cause people to neglect their self-care, to even their sleep, to even their nutrition, to even coping with things such as alcohol to avoid. Or how about this? It can also cause people to make it their assignment, to make their ex's life a living hell. Okay, and this is where you find yourself wanting to seek revenge because you may feel like they have hurt you. So you're going to do whatever is necessary to hurt them because you want them to feel your pain. It can also impact your professional life. Now, I know it's often said to leave your personal problems at home. However, I find that it becomes extremely difficult to compartmentalize the two where your personal life begins to bleed into your professional life. Either you bury yourself in your work. Where you're working 24-7 because for you, this is a way to distract yourself from the emotional pain and stress of it all. Or it can go the other way where your productivity declines because you have difficulty concentrating on your job obligations, which will also impact the completion of your tasks, which will result in your overall job performance. You can also find yourself discussing your relational business with your coworkers or with anyone who will listen in the workplace. And when you're talking about things that brings up intense emotions, specifically in your work environment, it becomes risky for you, your job, and your professional relationships. And what about the leaders, the managers, or even the supervisors? It interferes with your decision making and how you effectively show up as a leader. It can also cause people to lose hope and optimism about their life going forward, which causes them to become hopeless and very pessimistic because the ending of relationships can create insecurity. It can create a loss in self-identity where they're unsure on who they are. It can create fear of the future due to change and uncertainty. It can create lasting wounds, that has now been disguised as, well, this is just how I am. Not realizing that it's not really who you are. It's the experience that has shaped you in a way that you can identify who you are to your core. It also can create a permanent narrative where you're so fixated on a story about who you are, what you can have, what you can do and who you can become that keeps you in a previous chapter of your life. Here's what I want you to do, because I want this to make a little bit more sense. I want you to think about someone you know up close and personal, whether that be your siblings, your parents, your friends, your cousins, somebody, right? And I want you to ask yourself this question. Who do I know up close and personal that talks about the same thing, who complains about the same problem? They never really want a solution. They just want to quote unquote vent with zero intention on doing something about it. And I want you to be honest about that because here's one thing I know. We all know that somebody and even though we love them, we already know their script because they never deviate from it because unfortunately they haven't developed a different code, meaning that they have not awakened themselves to realize that something different can be done. They haven't allowed themselves to see that there really is another way. They haven't awakened themselves to understand that there's always a solution and they haven't allowed themselves to see that this doesn't have to be my story. And what tends to happen to people who function like this is that they never break up and break free of the things that are keeping them in mental and emotional bondage. And that's just the reality. And when it comes to the ending of a relationship, I'm gonna tell you what I normally see a lot of the time, okay? What I see is that you have those who just dissolve the relationship, okay? And this is when at least one person no longer wishes to remain in this relational dynamic. So therefore, it's concluded that this relationship has ran its course. So let's just go our separate ways. That's what I mean when I'm talking about dissolving. Now, even though they've dissolved, they may not have necessarily detached, meaning that they may not have disassociated themselves mentally and emotionally from the experience. So in other words, you can be physically out but still may be mentally and emotionally in, where you haven't separated the thoughts of what happened with who you are. Where you haven't freed yourself of the emotional impact that this experience has had on you. So you may have you may still have feelings of resentment, regret, anger, betrayal, guilt, shame to even numbness. Like some people have become very numb to their emotions. Because when you're numb, you're protect you you feel like this is protecting you from your emotional pain. Some people have also developed the emotion of being distant where they don't even know how to engage with their own feelings or the feelings of others. So there's a level of emotional distancing there. And There's a severe impact on not breaking up with these emotions. On podcast 107 that I did titled, What Does Doing the Inner Work Mean? And I'll put that episode down in the show notes. I talked about how our inner world is a key factor in how we relate and function to the outer world. So how we feel internally influences how we function externally. So, if you haven't detached yourself from emotions such as resentment, regret, anger, betrayal, guilt, and shame, then how does it show up in your day to day? How does it show up at your job, in your business? How does it show up in your friendships? How does it show up in a potential relationship? How does it even show up in parenting? You know, one of the emotions that I struggled with a lot as a parent was guilt, specifically mom guilt. I found myself post my divorce feeling like I needed to feel a void, right? Because I felt like a failure. I felt like a failure because I thought that I let my kids down because me and their dad was no longer together. So I felt the need to overcompensate and overextend myself. Okay, where I would buy things even though I really couldn't afford it, but I bought them out of guilt. I bought it because I wanted to prove that with or without being married to their dad, my kids are gonna have everything they want, even if it broke the bank. I also found myself overextending, where I would put them in everything and anything because I wanted to still look as a great mother because I felt like such a failure. Internally. And those feelings became foundational on how I function as a parent. And the hard part about seeing these types of things is because we've defined our feelings as normal. Okay, where we say things like I can't help how I feel or this is just how I am, or I've always felt this way. And so what we end up doing from an unconscious space and claiming these feelings is that we make them affirmations. See, a lot of the times we only look at affirmations from this positive perspective, right? When people say, you know, you know, speak affirmations over yourself, right? Which is, I believe in that, but what kind of affirmations are you speaking? Okay, because an affirmation is nothing but a phrase or a statement that you're either repeating out loud or saying to yourself. So if you're thinking or saying, well, I just can't help how I feel and this is just how I am or I've always felt this way, then it's important to know what your internal world is producing from an external perspective. And so when it comes to detaching, there really is a code for this. There's a code to interrupt what you may have disguised and claimed as your normal. And so if you desire to break up and break free of this, then you are going to have to implement the code to create space to do so. That's the code. The code is to create space. And I want you to let this breathe for a second because you just heard me say to implement the code to create space. And you may be saying to yourself, really, Tanya? Are you serious? You're telling me that I need to create space. And my reply would be, why wouldn't I be serious? And I'm going to tell you why I call this a code. Because it's not like it's this hidden secret. It's not like this is a new discovery that just came out. I call it a code because I find that many have difficulty doing it. They have trouble making room for it. They struggle when adding this space in their lives because it interrupts their current normal, okay? It puts their current normal to a stop. And even though what we may have defined as normalcy could be extremely uncomfortable, I also know and understand that it's still familiar. And so when something is familiar, it's what you know. It's common, it's usual, it's routine. It actually has now become the standard. And so when I'm referring to implementing the code to create space, there are four things that I want to give you all in terms of that. Okay. So when I say you need to implement the code to create space, what I'm referring to for the very first one, I'm referring to getting past from being only motivated. That's the first one. Okay. So when I'm referring to implementing the code to create space, I'm referring to getting past from being only motivated because here's what I know. There's a need for motivation for all of us. However, when it becomes the only driving force for you to do something, you will always battle with consistency because when it comes to breaking up and breaking free of something, I got to be real with you. There will be certain stages where you just won't always be motivated. You won't always be in the mood. You won't always, quote unquote, feel like it. You won't always even be enthusiastic and energetic. There are going to be moments where you may feel exhausted and it doesn't even seem like it's working fast enough, which is why motivation alone won't be enough. It won't be enough to sustain long term in order to transform, right? So remember, we're talking about breaking free. So when we're talking about breaking free, that requires something deeper. That requires transformation and transformation is about consistent behavior. It's about doing what's required, regardless of how you feel. And let me just interrupt right here, because a lot of the time when you say things like this, the misunderstanding is that your feelings aren't valid, that that has nothing to do with it. Your feelings are valid and it's important to acknowledge your feelings, but you don't want to always move on feelings alone. Okay. and so when I speak about transformation being the consistent behavior, it's also about continuously planting the seeds, even though you don't necessarily see the harvest quite yet. And so. Motivation alone is temporary. You know, it comes and goes, and if you only act based on the mood or the weather or how you feel or what else, or what someone else did, it will create a lack of commitment. And so when it comes to implementing the code to create space, you have to create space to get past motivation so in order for you to be transformed. Okay? So that's the first one. The first one is you gotta get past from only being motivated. And so the second thing in regards to implementing the code to create space. The second thing I'm referring to is that I'm referring to eliminating all excuses. That's the second one. The second one is to eliminate all, all excuses. There's a quote by Henry Ford that states whether you think you can Or you think you can't, you're right. And I like that quote because it allows us to see the power we have over what we believe and speak. And when it comes to breaking free, I would be lying to you if I said that nothing will attempt to distract you along the way. I would be lying to you if I told you that everything would go as planned. I would also be lying to you if I told you that you won't experience any feelings of doubt or uncertainty. And the reason is because when you decide to place all bets on you, everything and anything will attempt to distract you from doing so. And what happens is that you will mistake that distraction as it not being the right time. And what tends to take place is that You tell yourself a story as to why you can't. And those reasons feel really valid and extremely excusable. And what happens is instead of you recognizing that the story you're telling yourself is more of a distraction to remain where you are, you instead entertain this as truth to not move forward right now. And when you entertain something in your head as truth, that's totally opposite than where you want to go, then they become your excuses to remain the same. Now, the pushback in saying something like this is, well, what if there really is something that's happening in my life right now, Tanya? And my response would be, well, when is something not happening? When is there a time in your life where nothing is going on? And I say this respectfully because waiting for this perfect time to break free to move forward. I want you to think about that. Like, is that really a thing? Will there ever be a perfect time? Because it's easy to tell yourself things such as, well, I got to get myself together first. Well, breaking free is getting yourself together first. It's also easy to say things such as, well, I have kids or I don't have the time or I don't have the money. And my response would be, Well, won't you always be a parent? Won't you always be a mom? Won't you always be a dad? Won't you always have the same 24 hours? You don't get more time because you don't have the time. The question is, is that what do you need to do to give this season of your life your undivided attention? So there may be some things that you need to decommit to to make the time. And in regards to money, is it that you really don't have it or you never knew investing in yourself should be a priority and not optional? And I say all of these things because when people ask me, like, how did I get here? I had to stop making excuses. I had to stop saying because I had kids or I didn't have the time or I didn't have the money. Let me tell you something. When you really want something, you will become very resourceful. I want you to think about the times that you've been resourceful when you thought you weren't. I want you to think about the times that you were resourceful when you thought you couldn't be. You found a way. And when it comes to placing all bets on you, you have to find a way for that. Okay. And so that's the second thing on impl- on implementing the code to create space. You have to eliminate all excuses. Now the third thing in terms of implementing the code to create space. The third thing that I'm referring to is that I'm referring to being divinely interrupted, okay? Creating the space to be divinely interrupted, okay? So earlier I mentioned that even though your normal is uncomfortable, it is familiar. And when something is familiar, it's what you know. And when it comes to creating space, you must be willing to embrace interference, okay? Because when your life gets divinely interrupted, everything cannot stay the same. It can't. And I find that, Many people want something different, but want everything to remain the same. And that's not how it works. Remember, we're talking about creating space, which means that you must be willing to make room. So there are going to be things that may have worked in a previous season that won't work for your next season. There are going to be patterns and routines and habits and behaviors that don't currently align anymore or may have never aligned in the first place. There are going to be relationships that will be altered because there are going to be those individuals who may have difficulty connecting with the elevated you because either they can't relate nor benefit from it anymore. You may have your heart and mind set on a specific direction for your life. However, divine interruption changes that because divine interruption intervenes. It steps in to modify. It resets. It takes a different action to create a new outcome. Now, here's the thing about being divinely interrupted. You also must be willing to accept the invitation of being interrupted. And what this means is that you must decide to take on this challenge. And I say this because we all have free will, meaning that we really do have the ability to choose. And oftentimes when interruptions take place, it also breeds uncertainty. And because we're unsure on what this looks like, we actually may decline the challenge because it doesn't look the way we may have expected it to. And so the bottom line is that your current plans may not align with your greater purpose. And accepting the invitation of interruption will change those plans. Okay. And so that's the third one. To implement the code of creating space, you have to be willing to be divinely interrupted. Okay. And the last one, in terms of implementing the code to create space, the last one I'm referring to is that I'm referring to sitting with the truth. Okay. That's the last one. To implement the code to create space, you have to be willing to sit with the truth. Okay, and and, and let me explain what I mean by this. The most important person that you will ever have to face in this world is yourself. Okay? And what I mean is that you are now going to have to confront you. You are. Again, we're talking about implementing the code to create space. And that also means to make room for the real you. Because here's the thing, you cannot break up and break free of the life that's for you on an inauthentic foundation. Because breaking up and breaking free of something requires truth. So what does this mean? This means that you're going to have to take off the mask of who you think you are, as well as who others have told you who you are, So that you can face yourself honestly, openly, and courageously. So we're not facing ourselves with judgment and condemnation. We're facing ourselves to get to a level of truth. This also means that you are going to have to peel back your experiences. To get to the root of things. To develop a better understanding of your thoughts, your emotions, your motivations, and even your values. It also means that you are going to have to face some unpleasant truths about yourself so that you're able to identify your blind spots. Remember, you're human. We all have them. But what will hold you back is not being able to identify them. This also means that you are going to be able to identify what makes you amazing and unique. You know, facing the truth of yourself is also acknowledging your own individuality, because when you struggle with your enoughness and you live in this comparison trap, you don't make room for your originality. See, here's the thing. And I'm going to be honest with you about moving forward, about leaving this relationship in the past. This actually has more to do with you and less of your ex and As hard as this may be to understand, your ex is not as relevant as you think they are to you moving forward. And what I find, and and this was me as well, is that it is easy to remain a victim, right? And not even realize it. And when you remain in this space of victimhood, you also place your focus on the things that you cannot change. So when I refer to sitting with the truth, I'm talking about rerouting your attention on what you have control over, right? So like you have control over taking off the mask. You have control over peeling back your own experiences. You have control over facing the unpleasant truths about yourself. You have control on identifying what makes you unique. And when you walk in that conscious power, you begin to break free and you actually start to move forward. And so I wanted to share these four things because I can sit here and tell you all to journal every day. I can sit here and tell you to meditate and work out and do all the things externally because and it's not that they don't work. It's just that that I find that if we don't work on the things from an internal place first, it makes it hard to do those things externally. And it's important to make room. Make space. Right. Make space to say, I want to get past motivation. I want to be transformed. Right. I'm no longer going to make excuses. I'm going to find solutions. It's saying that I want my current life to be interrupted because what's going on right now. is not working for me. It's time that I allow myself to face myself. And tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth about what's going on within me and around me so that I can break up and break free and move forward. And the code to doing this is the four things that I said, because what I find that separates those who move forward versus those who don't is their inability to create space for it. Okay. And so that's it. That's all I wanted to share. Please make sure that you all have signed up for my moving on workshop that starts on Monday, May the 1st. You can go to movingonworkshop.com. It is free. And trust me, the value that I'm going to give you will be extremely priceless. Okay, and I am going to put the link down in the show notes. All right. So please make sure that you are following me on my social media handles. My Instagram is I am Tanya Carter. My Facebook and YouTube is Tanya Carter. I will put the link down in the show notes as well. And also please make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive notifications on when the next podcast episode will drop and also leave a review. If you know that this podcast has been very helpful for you in this season of your life as you transition out of your relationship or even out of your marriage, please head over to Spotify and or iTunes to leave me a review. And last but definitely not least, share this information. If you know someone who feels stuck and stagnant in this season of their life and you know that they need to create space, then please share this episode with them so that they can start creating the space that they need in their life so that they can break up and break free to move forward. Okay. so thank you all again for tuning in with me this week. You all have a wonderful and amazing week and I'll see you next time.